Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Today, as I record this message, we are celebrating Easter Sunday. And I'd like you, if you have your Bibles with you, to turn with me to Luke chapter 22. And we're going to read together uh, from verse 8 through verse 12. And while you're turning there, um, I'm going to be speaking today on the topic of a prepared room and a prepared heart. And as we read this passage together, you're going to see exactly why. In verse 8 it reads, Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? they asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. When Jesus sent his disciples, he already knew where to find the right space. He knew where he was going to be welcome. He knew the heart of the owner of that house. That owner understood that he was blessed to be a blessing. His open heart created an open house, which in turn opened the windows of heaven into his life and to every other believer as well. He created a place perfectly suitable for Jesus and his disciples to celebrate the Passover meal, or what's come to be known as the Last Supper. The owner of that house had prepared, Scripture says, a large furnished room for Jesus. It was warm, welcoming, prepared, and set aside for Jesus. What can we learn from this? Well, I'd like to ask you, how much room do you make for Jesus in your life? Is the space of your mind and heart prepared to welcome Jesus? Is it uncluttered and set aside only for Him? Imagine if Jesus and His disciples had arrived and the room had already been booked out for other guests. Imagine they had arrived and it was available, but it was filled with all sorts of other clutter that made it difficult or impossible for them to use the space to enjoy the Passover meal together. The fact that it was set aside and prepared for, for Jesus and his disciples tells us something about the heart of the owner of that house. We can read together from Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. In the Passion Translation, we read about uh, another story that gives us further insight 
into setting the place of our heart and mind aside for Jesus, having a prepared room and a prepared heart. It reads, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the Master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. What can we learn from Mary about having a prepared heart? Well, firstly, we can learn that a prepared heart is a choice. Jesus said that Mary chose what was better. Like Mary, we have a choice to make and we can choose whether or not we're going to set time aside to spend with Jesus. It starts with a quality decision. Next lesson was she was attentive to Jesus. She gave him her full attention. And I loved what it goes on to say in the Passion Translation. She absorbed every revelation that he shared. That meant that she didn't just hear what he said with her ears. She listened with her whole heart. Jesus himself said, let him who has ears to hear, hear. How well we hear depends on the condition of our heart. If something's really important to you, then you choose to focus in on that thing to set aside other distractions and to make sure that you take it all in. When we are with Jesus, are we, like Mary, absorbing every revelation that he shares? Next lesson is, she wasn't distracted by her friends, family, and all the other activity. I think that if this story was set in our day, we'd say, she wasn't distracted by updating her WhatsApp status. Her Instagram story, hashtag hanging with Jesus, hashtag best day ever, <laughs> or her Facebook newsfeed. Next lesson is, she sat at his feet. And this speaks of her love and devotion for Jesus. She wasn't content to just be in the same room as him. She wanted to be as close to Jesus as she could. And I really believe that she was a worshipper. 
Spending time with Jesus can't just be a task to be completed. It's got to be an act of worship. It's got to be, it's got to come rather out of a place of having an open heart, hungry to hear what Jesus is saying. A heart that's devoted to him. Let's go back to the room set apart for Jesus and his disciples to to celebrate the Passover. I believe that this room wasn't just an afterthought, but that this man gave this room to Jesus as a simple act of worship, to bless Jesus and his disciples. And the result was a meal that was so powerful, significant, and precious that it's still remembered and celebrated to this day. Something significant happens in our lives when we do what we do as an act of worship with the heart to bless Jesus, with the heart that seeks to please Him. When we do what we do, whether it's big or small, with the heart to bless Jesus, the Lord is able to take that and to use it and to multiply it into something far bigger and far greater, something that has a far bigger impact than we can even imagine. In Revelations chapter 3 verse 20, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus desires to have time to fellowship with us, to share his heart with us, and to bless us. Now you might be listening to me speaking about all the preparations and this room that was set aside for the Passover meal and going, well, Brett's Isn't where Jesus had the meal nothing more than historical Bible trivia? And I think no, because if that were the case, then why was this account recorded in the Gospel of Luke for us? Evidently, there's a lesson here for us to learn. You might argue, but... Even if that room wasn't available, Jesus could have eaten this meal anyway. So I think here's the lesson. Jesus sent his disciples to follow the man, to find the house, to speak to the owner of that house, to find the room that had already been prepared and set aside. When Jesus asks anything, of you. It's an opportunity to step into the next level of his blessing. You can't outgive God. This man gave the space in his home to be a blessing to God. 
let's cast our minds back to another story from the Gospels. When Jesus was about to feed the 5,000, the disciples come to Jesus with a little boy who offered up his loaves and fishes. Do you think for even a moment that this boy who gave his loaves and fishes to Jesus after doing that went hungry? No way! Where do you think that boy ate his lunch that day? I'll tell you. He went from being one of a couple of thousand people in a crowd to having a front row seat to a remarkable miracle to sitting and having lunch with Jesus. Man, that was the best fish that that little boy had ever eaten. Bible says in Luke 6.38, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, oftentimes when I've heard this scripture quoted, it's often been used to motivate the giving of tithes and offerings. But on the particular day we were just speaking about now, when Jesus multiplies the loaves and fishes to feed the 5,000, that little boy gave Jesus his lunch. Do you think that little boy ever went hungry again? No way! He got a revelation that day of the goodness and the provision of God. The owner of that house gave Jesus a large furnished room to celebrate the Passover meal. Do you think he ever lacked a place to stay? There's no way. You can't outgive God. They both gave Jesus something that mattered to them. They gave Jesus the little that they had to bless God. You can't outgive God. Whatever opportunity comes for us to give to bless the heart of God, it's not so that we can give so that we have less than we had before. It's that we can give so that we can gain a far greater blessing. Because God has a way of taking the little that we have, breaking it and multiplying it to be a blessing, not only to us, but to many, many others as well. By the way, money is only one of the many ways in which we can give to God. And If we read that scripture from Luke 6.38 in context, you'll find it's actually talking about walking in mercy and forgiveness toward others and not in judgment. In other words, give mercy and receive mercy in return. Give forgiveness and be forgiven. However, if we walk in judgment, we run the risk of remaining locked up in judgment ourselves as well. Give and it will be given to you. 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. That's what God says. The man in Luke 22 owned that house, made a room in his house available to Jesus. But you know that when we make room in our hearts for Jesus, he makes room for us in heaven. Luke 14 and verse 2 says, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that you also may be where I am. When we make room in our heart for Jesus, He makes room for us in heaven. <laughs> we can't outgive God. The blessings of God will overtake us when our hearts are toward Him. Not only does God have awesome plans for you here on earth, but His long-term plans are simply out of this world. We can get so caught up in the here and now, but how long do you think our life on earth is in the context of eternity? Very, very short. God's got more in store for you than you can even think or imagine. It's bigger and better than your bank accounts, your pantry cupboard, your education, your CV or your job title. It's based upon a better covenant with better promises, a better high priest, sin is forgiven, death is defeated, the tomb is empty and the stones being rolled away. Jesus has risen from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Even John the Beloved was surprised by just how much more God had in store for him. By how much greater Jesus was than anything that even he had experienced by walking with Jesus day after day, week after week during Jesus' time of ministry on the earth. John writes in Revelations 1 and tells us of an experience that he had when he saw into the heavenlies and he saw Jesus in a way that literally floored him. He tells us that he saw Jesus shining like the sun, his eyes like fire, with a golden sash around his chest, and a voice like the roar of many rushing waters. Friends, fellow believers, I want to say to you today, raise your hopes, raise your vision, raise your expectation. Let's throw open our hearts, throw open our lives, set aside everything else. To receive Jesus, to honor Him, to worship Him, and to absorb the revelations that He seeks to impart to us as we sit at His feet. Let's pray.
Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have great and precious things to reveal to us. Just as Mary sat at your feet, absorbing everything that you had to give. Lord, may we learn to sit at your feet, to set aside the many other distractions and demands of life, to devote ourselves not just to hearing you with our minds, as in processing information, but to hearing you with our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that is with us even right now as we listen to your word and as we pray. Lord, as it is Easter Sunday, we remember what you did for us on the cross. We thank you, Lord, for giving your life for each of us, for the forgiveness of sins, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you took the judgment that we deserved. You took our sins and that condemnation and you nailed it to the cross. I thank you, Lord, when we place our faith and hope in you, Lord, in place of judgment. Today, Lord, we can receive mercy. Today, Lord, we can experience acceptance and love and forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, that you have got so much more in store for each of us than any of us have even ever imagined. Thank you, Lord, that we can live a life based upon a new covenant shed in your blood. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't just die on the cross, but that you rose from the grave and are alive today, seated at the right hand of the throne of God, where you sit to make intercession to the Father on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for those prayers. We thank you for your intercession. We thank you for your great love. May we walk in a greater and greater knowledge of your love each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?